So in the previous year, we discussed what chametz is and which foods obviously contain chametz or potentially contain chametz. We spoke about wheat, barley, spelt, oats, and rye. Any of these five ingredients would be suspect of being chametz if water was added or any other moisture and the starch started fermenting or the dough started rising. And unless you're making matzah uh, on a professional level, you should assume that any ingredient that has one of these five grains are considered chametz. Today, I want to go through some of the not-so-obvious applications of chametz. And while wheat had the spotlight in the first part of this year, today the spotlight will be on barley. As we will see, there are many applications of barley, even though it's not a typical food that people use. Maybe you eat it uh, in your chalant or you, you drink uh, barley milk. But we'll see that barley could be an ingredient or a sub-ingredient of many different products. And of course, there is a concern that these things are chametz. So the most common application of barley is something called malt. Now malt is produced when barley is uh, soaked. You soak it in warm water. Then the barley starts, uh, the sugar starts breaking down. The starch breaks down into sugar. It creates a sweet uh, flavored you know, uh, drink, beverage called malt. Now that malt that uh, syrup could be used for many different things. It could be used as malt syrup. It could be used in a, in a malt cup. That's a uh, uh, ice cream product. That's definitely a common in the upper Midwest where I live. People enjoy a malt cup. A malt cup is chametz. There's malt in it. I even saw malt milk today in, in, uh, in one of the stores. There's something called malt milk where you have milk, milk powder that has malt added to it. That is chametz. Additionally, beer. Beer contains malt. Now, the way, to, the way they identify beer is they added malt, which was also brewed with hops. That's beer. Let's say you didn't add hops to it. It would be called a malt beverage. There are many products that are actually a malt beverage. For example, hard seltzer. Many of the hard seltzer products, especially those that are made in breweries, so the ethanol, the alcohol they're going to use is going to be malt because that's, that's the most available alcohol in a brewery. So it's malt. So your hard seltzer might be chametz gummer. Additionally, the Smirnoff flavored drinks are typically made out of malt, so another another chametz issue. Cornflakes or cornflake crumbs or other ice cream products might contain malt, so that would be an obvious, not so obvious to people, but malt comes from barley, and that would be an issue. Additionally, malt could be used to change starches, even if a starch was innocuous, you had you know cornstarch or let's say starch coming from beets or sweet potatoes, if you took this uh, this malt and you added, you you uh, you chemically changed the um, the starch, you broke it down, you would create something called uh, maltose or maltitol, which is used in candy. There's a certain, uh, it's not so sticky, it's used in candy or chewing gum. So if you see the word malt, you should be, you should suspect that there is some hummus component to this uh, to this product. Additionally, once we speak about beer, there's a discussion in the place if the carbon dioxide, the CO2 that comes from beer production, if that and if that's it's recaptured, is that considered chametz or is it not? Most hashgachas uh, require that uh, the CO2 added to beverages for you know in kosher Pesach production uh, do not have chametz, um, and some of them make sure it's not kidneyous as well. But that's the uh, that's the uh, standard approach. Although halachically, there's definitely what to debate if this carbon dioxide would have an issue of chametz, even if we know for sure it came from a brewery. And what's left over after making beer is something called brewer's yeast. 
that yeast could be used to make uh, other products. Some people use it on, on potato chips. So if you see brewer's yeast, you should know that brewer's yeast is 100% chametz. Another uh, application of chametz, which is not uh, doesn't is not is not you know only dealing with with barley, would be alcohol. Now the way you make alcohol, ethyl alcohol, your beverage alcohol, is you need a starch. If uh, if you have a simple sugar, that's even easier. But you take a starch, you hydrolyze the starch, break it down into simple sugars, then the, those sugars will will uh, ferment when yeast is added to it, and you get a beer product which has between 7 to 13% alcohol. If you want to raise the alcohol uh, level, you would have to distill it and uh, and capture a higher concentrated alcohol. So depending on the starch, if you made whiskey, whiskey is made from barley, so that starch is chametz, and you have a problem. And therefore, there are many ingredients that have alcohol as part of their uh, either they're made from alcohol or alcohol is used in production, and therefore, based on that, there would be a concern for chametz. For example, vanilla extract. The way you make vanilla is you would uh, you soak vanilla beans in alcohol. So depending on the country, it might be soaked in cane, you know, in uh, in in cane alcohol made from cane sugar, like rum, or it might be uh, soaked in corn-based ethanol. But if it came from Europe, it very well could be could be uh, extracted using wheat alcohol, CBD oil, or uh, other products like that, or CBD, CBD extraction from the hemp leaves is done via oil, and I'm sorry, via alcohol, and that alcohol could very well be chametz. Vinegar, real vinegar is made from alcohol. You change it into vinegar. So if that vinegar was coming from a wheat alcohol, malt vinegar is a, is a, is a common uh, product in specialty foods. Therefore, a person should be concerned. Now, vinegar will typically be, at the very least, kidneys, but it might be chametz as well. Many uh, products that contain vinegar would be um, condiments, uh, pickles, sauces, dressings, mustard. All those things would contain vinegar. And once we mention alcohol, so I would just point out that decaf coffee beans, unless it's done on a, a, speci- a, special, a special type of, of uh, extraction, the way to remove the caffeine from the beans is typically done through soaking it in ethyl acetate. Ethyl is another name for eth- for ethanol. If the ethyl acetate is in Germany, if it's, if it's in Europe, it's most probably chametz. And even if it's in America, depending on on the uh, on the company, it might be chametz, it might be kinius. So a person should should uh, only purchase decaf coffee with uh, hashkacha for Pesach or after uh, looking into how exactly they decaffeinate those beans. Additionally, toiletries, many colognes or even uh, deodorants contain alcohol. So later on, we'll discuss. Is that a problem? Is deodorant uh, considered food? Would that be an issue? But one should know that the question is typically the alcohol. The alcohol component might come from chametz, might come from wheat alcohol, and therefore um, there's a discussion. If it indeed is chametz, would there be any concern of owning it on Pesach? There are other uses of starches that, depending on the country, depending on the company, those starches may very well be chametz. They could also be kidneys. They could also be nothing. Not nothing. Uh, not nothing of concern. And that would include a sorbitol, um, your vitamin, vitamin C, citric acid. Um, those things come from uh, a glucose, which comes from a starch. And that starch could be wheat. It could be sweet potatoes. It could be rice, depending on the country, depending on on the company. 
um, that, that's producing it. Additionally, there, there are many fermentations that use a starch and the starch is fermented into different uh, uses. For example, antibiotics, enzymes, flavors, MSG, rennet, xanthan gum, yeast. Those things are made from a starch. So if it's in America, depending on the company, it might come from corn. If it's being done in Germany, it might come from wheat. So depending on where it's coming from, and just because the company is an American company that made the final product, it doesn't mean anything. I was at a company recently, and we were looking uh, to see, we weren't certifying the, the product for Pesach, but we had a different product that was kosher to Pesach being run on the same line as something that contained xanthan gum. And it took like 20 companies to get down to where exactly the xanthan gum is actually made. Very few companies make xanthan gum. This product happened to have not been chametz, but the packaging was an American company, but they didn't make it. They purchased it from a Canadian company. The Canadian company bought it from a different distributor. That distributor sourced it back to France, and it was made there in France in uh, one of the chemical companies in France. It happens to be that this was not chametz, but but uh, sometimes it will be difficult to source where exactly uh, the, the starter starch that glucose, where it came from, did it come from wheat, did it come from barley, and therefore, at the very least, it's a suffix, once you not eat it. Now, if it was a medicine, could be a Pisic would say, oh, we could go by rive, depending on the ingredient, but that is something that, that should be considered. Additionally, there are two other applications of where chametz would come into play. One of them would be kalim, that even though a product might not contain any chametz, for example, you might find uh, half and half. No chametz and half and half. It's just milk and cream. Yet, there, let's say there's no uh, stabilizer, just milk and cream. Yet, the half and half was run on the same product line as oat milk or oat milk uh, creamer. That is chametz. And if it wasn't kashered in between, uh, you could have a serious question of chametz kalim. So even if a product only has a few ingredients, but it's a processed food that was cooked, that was pasteurized, one would have to be concerned for for uh, chametz being run on that same equipment. And finally, there are times where chametz might get inadvertently mixed in. For example, you have almond flour, that the almond flour was made on equipment, or on a mill, was milled on the same equipment that does wheat flour or oat flour. Now, oat flour could be gluten-free, so even if the company says it's gluten-free, but oat flour is, uh, could also be gluten-free. And if they don't have a proper cleanup in between, there might be some chametz that got mixed in. There's a question if you could still use it. Is it bottle before Pesach? That's a question for a Rav to, to weigh in on. But overall, these are the different ways chametz could get added into the many different ingredients that, that, we, uh, that we use, the many different foods. So hopefully this has painted a broad picture of some obvious chametz components and some not-so-obvious chametz components. And therefore... We could appreciate when a product says kosher Pesach, that means the citric acid is kosher Pesach, the flavors are kosher Pesach, the preservatives kosher Pesach, the yeast, everything involved in this in this food is kosher Pesach. But also we do see on the other on the other hand that many of the the concerns for chametz are based on the country of origin of what starch was being used, being made, you know, being uh, transformed into glucose, and that being used for all types of fermentations and flavors and preservatives where it's only a suffix if this product is, is chametz or not. And therefore, in Bidiyeva questions or when we're dealing with chaylim or other places of tzarech, there might be room to be mako depending on the company, depending on the rav, and depending on the kashrus agency, how much information they have, how much they're willing to give out, and uh, v'chule. But it's good to keep in mind the, uh, the full picture of 
how chametz might get mixed into our foods.